Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Well, Mr. Hardest Working Man in Rock and Roll, who I see everywhere, I'm doing okay. Uh, Dude! I know. It's been a bit, I know. It was crazy. Let me tell you, I had the longest day ever on Friday. I did this show for you, in addition to the show prep, which takes me, but it takes about two hours for every hour of content. So we do about an hour show. Friday's show took a long time. I did that, did my NRA TV hit, did, uh, which I do at 1 o'clock Eastern. Then I did Hannity's radio show. Then I uh, did a, a Fox taping for a Fox show. Then I went out and filled in for Levin for three hours. Then did Laura Ingram after I did Levin on Fox. Dude. And uh, I, I was just, and I got up early the next morning to do Fox and Friends. I was beat, man. I was like so tired. I don't know how you do it. I, I couldn't get away yeah. from you this week. I don't know how you do it. It's a great job. But uh, yeah, it's a lot, but it's important. Listen, our mission's important, and uh, never more so. Um, I I said to Joe, I I rarely, if ever, do I prep Joe for what I'm Mm going to say unless I send him sound cuts or he sends me one because I like to get a genuine reaction. He is the audience ombudsman, has become an integral part of the show. But folks, I got to tell you, I'm really, I, I mean, I'm really, how do you say this without coming off like snowflakey, but I'm really scared about where we are right now. I mean, it's fair to say I'd be lying if I said otherwise. Yeah. I know. You know, we give off an image of machismo on the show a lot, and it's you know, whatever we're we're dudes, we like manly stuff. But I have no problem telling you that. Yeah, me. Either. I came across some information Friday on Levin that broke in the New York Times about information that was supposed to be exchanged in the U.S. government paying $100,000 of a million-dollar schedule payment to obtain compromising information on Trump, and I combined it with some other information I got. And folks, I'm going to leave you with this very simple assertion before I dig into the content of the show, and it's the title of today's show. Is there an ongoing soft coup attempt going on here? Now, I get it. A lot of you listen. Oh, conspiracy theories. As always, folks. I'm just going to give you the mainstream media's own reporting on it, and you make your own conclusions. But I am deadly serious with that question. Are we watching in live time a soft coup? I I have evidence to back this up. All right. We got to pay for the show, and um, luckily we have great sponsors who do so, so I'm going to get into that. But today's show brought to you by buddies at WaxRx. Hey, when your ears aren't clean, they can get really uncomfortable. I know. Happens to me all the time. So it's, it's trouble. They itch, they're painful, and get plugged up, making it really hard to hear. It happened to me with the Secret Service when I used to plug that earpiece in all the time. Many people use cotton swabs, candling, or drugstore remedies to clean their ears, but they don't really do the job. They can even be dangerous. Matter of fact, it says on a lot of those cotton swab boxes, don't put this in your ear. Right? Now you can get a real solution for stubborn earwax. The Wax RX earwash system is doctor developed and works safely when other products fail. The WaxRx system is the methods physicians trust the most, and it's just like the system they use in their own offices. WaxRx comes with everything you need to safely clean out your wax and condition your ears conveniently at home for less than the cost of a doctor's visit. Come on, who wants to go to the doctor if you don't have to, Not right? Me. The doctor, de- right? <laughs> the doctor-developed WaxRx system uses special wax softening drops to break down your wax inside the ear. It has a specially engineered pump fitted with a unique tip to gently deliver the perfect amount of cleansing pressure to flush wax away. Finally, the pH condition formula rinses and soothes your ears, making for the ultimate, most complete earwax removal system available. My wife used it this weekend. She loves it. Visit GoWaxRx.com to order your reusable earwash system today. That's GoWaxRx.com. GoWaxRx.com. Offer a code DAN, my first name, D-A-N, for free shipping right to your front door. Go check them out, WaxRx.com. Thanks, guys, for supporting the show. We appreciate it. Folks. I have in capital letters here on my show notes, and I mean this in the most uh, deadly serious tone possible. What the hell is going on? So now we found out in the last week, Friday, I'm filling in for Mark Levin on the radio. While I'm on the radio, breaks on Fox News that the New York Times is reporting that the United States government, spies that work for the United States government, they're a little unclear as to from what agency, NSA or CIA, apparently the mission was being led by the NSA, which is odd given their mandate, but to regain secrets. Bottom line, folks, is the United States government made a payment of $100,000 to a Russian uh, source. Again, here we go again with the Russians, show to a Russian source who supposedly had compromising information on Trump. Now, to be fair, the story says 
I'm not telling you what they're telling you is accurate. It is the New York Times, after all. But to be fair, the story insinuates that the payments were made to obtain NSA computer hacking tools, internet hacking tools that had been stolen. Mm. And that the Trump compromise or compromising information was being pushed by the seller. Folks, what the hell is going on? I have said to you from episode 628, number 628, not the date, 628 on, the Russians are playing us for fools and we are playing into their hands. Combine what I just told you. That the United States government is now paying my debt. Listen, according to the New York Times, the money's already been paid to a Russian guy who claims again that they have compromising information on Trump. This is only now the what, Joe? 7,000th Russian to come forward claiming they have information on Trump? We combine that with what else we learned last week. We learned that Adam Schiff, right around the fall, you know, summer time of... 2017, Adam Schiff, the Democrat ranking member on the House Intelligence Committee, one of the most powerful men in Washington, D.C., a Democrat responsible for oversight of our national intelligence infrastructure, folks. We now know that he was involved actively in a recorded phone call. And on that recorded phone call, Adam Schiff is actively seeking information from a Russian about compromising information, including photographs, apparently, um, photographs which would put Trump in an awkward position. Maybe one of the nude photos yeah, or whatever they say they are. Like yeah. Schiff is on a recorded call seeking information from this uh, from this setting up meetings. There are emails later on trying to get compromising information on Trump. What the hell is going on? What is going on? We now have U.S. spies paying hundreds of thousands of dollars for compromising information on the U.S. president. We have a recorded phone call between the senior Democrat, the ranking Democrat on the on the congressional uh, committee responsible for overseeing our intelligence community. We have him on tape actively trying to set up meetings to get uh, to get photographic compromise information on the president of the United States, who's from the opposing party. I'm just telling you what's going on. They're not conspiracy theories when they're actually happening. None of what I'm telling you is in dispute. Joe, I'm not even done. I know, unfortunately, yes. Democrat Senator Mark Warner, another Democrat with significant oversight responsibilities over the intelligence community. We find out last week that he was involved in a text exchange with a man connected to a connected Russian oligarch trying to set up a meeting with now debunked you uh, foreign spy Christopher Steele, who produced a hoax dossier against Trump. Folks, what is going on? What's going on here? Who's driving all this? I've said to you from the start, this is a setup. The president of the United States is now, there is there is unquestionably at this point, some kind of an effort going on behind the scenes to engage with foreign spies and foreign intelligence sources to take down the president. The, Joe, none of that's in dispute. No, no. The New York Times reported this story on Friday. Mm. It has been widely covered, even in left-wing outlets, the Adam Schiff phone call and the Mark Warner text exchange with Russians. Now, the Schiff phone call was by a prankster. It doesn't matter. Why are they involved in this in the first place? Why are senior United States government officials, the opposing party, actively engaging with prankster Russians or real Russians in constant attempts to get information about Trump? Russian collusion is going on, and it's being led by the Democrats. Folks, even more troubling. Sorry, I'm trying to look through. I have so much stuff, folks, to get to. This is like... I mean... Here, this is a real doozy. Mm. If you've been following my show, sorry to keep using the word doozy, but I think it's funny. My Mm. mom used to say that all the time. The New York Times report on Friday, 
just to be clear here, Joe, let me just pull out for a second before I, you know, pull out the 30,000 feet right, so everybody gets where I'm going yeah. with this, okay? What I'm trying to tell you now, what I titled the show today, is is there an ongoing, meaning happening right now, an ongoing effort by senior United States government politicians and people in the intelligence community to take down the president of the United States? Oh, those are serious claims. You're damn right they are. Because the New York Times reported on Friday that there's an ongoing effort to pay a Russian for information on Trump. It says, well, they, they don't want to. They just want the spying tools. You don't think that's a red flag that this guy, another Russian's coming forward with, a, quote, compromise on Trump? Compromising information? You have a, a House of Representatives member on a prank phone call seeking compromise on Trump. You have another senator, senior Democrat, seeking compromise on Trump in a text exchange. What is going on? More disturbing, in the Friday New York Times piece, and I did get a few questions. Well, what is the New York Times doing? They're, they're usually trying to uh, you know, indict Trump, throw Trump under the bridge, claim Russian collusion on Trump. Folks, the New York Times is desperately trying to cover its tracks. They have been married to the Russian collusion narrative that is clearly a hoax now and clearly false forever. So what they're trying to do is as information comes in, rather than tell you the truth, they're trying to take it and put their own spin on it first. That way they have some plausible deniability that they were, you know, listen, we weren't part of the largest cover-up of Obamagate spying in American history. Look, we're reporting information now on it. So their spin on this whole thing, on the $100,000, Joe, to be clear, mm-hmm. that was exchanged with this Russian for compromising information on Trump and supposedly spying tools. Well, it was really about the spying tools. The Trump stuff was secondary. It doesn't matter, folks. This should be a red flag at this point. Clearly, the Russians are playing us. Is this making, Joe, seriously, is this making sense? Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, yes. You have Russian pranksters getting Adam Schiff. You have Russians again trying to contact Mark Warner. You have Russians repeatedly reaching out to, to uh, Christopher's, uh, to, through Christopher Steele in the Clinton campaign. You have Russians now reaching out again to the spy community. With secrets on Trump. Folks, how is this not a red flag to you? Are you are, can you be this dumb? I'm not talking about the audience. I'm talking about the Democrats. Okay, very troubling from the New York Times piece. This is a quote. And this name should sound, remember what I always tell you. Remember the names, memorize them. They will always come up. Cody Shear. An American political operative with ties to the Democratic Party has been crisscrossing Eastern Europe for more than six months to secure the purported compromise from a different Russian, said people familiar with the effort speaking on the condition of anonymity to avoid damaging their relationship with them. Folks, this is from the same Friday New York Times piece talking about a Russian who has compromising information on Trump that the U.S. spy community paid him $100,000 for of a million dollars in promised payments. And the same New York Times piece is now saying that Cody Shear is running around Eastern Europe seeking the same information from a different Russian. Here's what I want to know, and I believe we absolutely demand. We need to demand from the intelligence community now. Who the hell's making these connections? Because the Guardian, Joe, mm-hmm. let me see if I have it. I've been taking so many screenshots. Gosh, I don't even know what I have or don't have anymore. The Guardian, oh, here we go. I do have it. Which is another, uh, excuse me, The Intercept, not The Guardian, uh, forgive me. The Intercept, which is uh, really more of a left-leaning libertarian outlet in the European way. The Intercept has a fascinating piece about this. By the way, folks, please, I know I say it a lot. The show notes today, the show notes, the show notes. Bongino.com, read the articles. They are damning. They will explain all of this. They'll be If you want to subscribe to my email list, I'll email them to you. But this article from The Intercept, an article I'm going to get into in Tablet Mag in a second, and some other ones, and some transcripts, you need to see them to understand what's going on here. This is important. Now, keep in mind what we're talking about. The American spy community paid $100,000 again to another Russian I don't, I, I don't mean the payments again, but more contacts with Russians, Joe, claiming to have negative information on Trump were being played. 
and the soft coup advocates in the United States are playing right along like the suckers they are. The New York Times is reporting that a Clinton consigliere, Cody Shear, who works with Sid Blumenthal, Hillary Clinton's enforcer, that's who Cody Shear is. Cody Shear is a Clinton acolyte of the highest order, is running around Europe trying to get the same information. Why am I bringing that up, Joe? Because The Intercept has a fascinating statement in here. It says, talking about the negotiations for this compromise and the exchange of the $100,000, Joe, it says, by contrast, mm-hmm. the more recent secret negotiations began after Trump's election. Is this still ongoing? And have been conducted by U.S. intelligence officials working with intermediaries who mainly operate in Europe. Let me read again. Go back a second here. Man. So now these U.S. officials were connected to these Russians who, again, more Russians saying they have negative information on Trump by intermediaries, I quote, working in Eastern Europe. Mm-hmm. New York Times, Cody Shear, an American political operative with ties to the Democratic Party, has been crisscrossing Eastern Europe for more than six months to secure the purported compromise from a different Russian. Folks, what the hell is going on? No, I mean it. What is going on here? Are Clinton operatives, any Clinton operative, these intermediaries? Who is connecting these Russians to the American intelligence community over and over and over and over again? Are we in the midst of a massive soft coup going on being engineered by the Russians with the suckers in the Democratic Party so eager to take out Trump that they are unwittingly or maybe wittingly acting on behalf of the Russian government? Joe, are these not fair questions? Yeah, absolutely. How does this keep happening? We have Milion, Sergey Milion, mm-hmm. who approaches, uh, who apparently has been dealing with the Trump, this, uh, with George Papadopoulos from the Trump team. Sergey Milion is apparently the source of the golden shower story that winds up in the dossier paid for by the Clintons. We have Emin Agalarov and his dad. They set up a meeting with Trump Jr. Who shows up for the meeting? A Russian lawyer also working with Fusion GPS. We have Alexander Downer. By the way, I got some. I'm going to blow your mind on this one, Armacost. Wait till we get to that in a second. Yeah, all right. You're killing me already, dude. I, I, I know because I leave him in suspense here. We have Alexander Downer meets Papadopoulos in a London bar. Don't let that fact get away. But I bring that up in a second. An Australian diplomat. Supposedly in that meeting, Papadopoulos says that they have uh, the Russians may have dirt on Hillary. According to Peter Strokes, this is what opens up the counterintelligence investigation against Trump. Who's Downer? Oh, he's a friend of the Clintons, also responsible for the largely uh, involved in a transfer of, of Australian government money to the Clinton Foundation. Who are these people intimately involved with the Russians? Involved with the and trying to approach the Trump team and then getting the information back to the FBI. Folks, what is going on? Well, let me tell you, because it's unfair to keep asking you that question. Folks, I've never been so sure that there was a massive entrapment framing operation against Donald Trump during his campaign. Never. The Milian contacts, the Agalarov contacts, the Downer contacts, the repeated efforts to bait the FBI in. And I'm telling you right now, the puppet master of this entrapment operation is one John Brennan, the former CIA director. Brennan's your guy. There is a damning piece at Tablet Mag by Hat Tip to Lee Smith, who has been doing extraordinary work on this. If you read any piece... I've put in the show notes, you need to read this one. Oh, it's long. It's a good thousand words. It'll take you about 20 minutes. But I suggest you take about two hours to read it. Now, I've had some sources on this for a little while. I'm not trying to upstage Lee Smith at all. He's done unbelievable work. But I said to you a little while ago on the show that one of the sources had told me 
that Brennan has been a puppet master in this entire operation. That who verified the source? Do you really believe the CIA had no role whatsoever in a foreign British spy passing information through to the FBI? How'd that information get there without John Brennan seeing it? Ladies and gentlemen, we got a puppet master here. And I'm going to walk you through that in a second. I've got a lot more to don't go anywhere. And for those of you, by the way, want me to get into other stuff, too, I appreciate it. But this is really, really troubling stuff, folks. We just found out on Friday and last week that, again, there is an ongoing operation to take out Trump. We take out his presidency. I don't mean assassinate him. I don't mean to sound like some of the other stuff. You know, we don't do that. But there is an ongoing operation to take this guy down. All right, today's show also brought to you by our buddies at iTarget. You know, folks, anybody can shoot a firearm. It's actually pretty easy. You just pull the trigger. You know, that's <laughs> not complicated. The question when for your firearms and, and your ability to, to use them proficiently is can you hit what you're aiming at? If you're in a hunting scenario, a law enforcement scenario, your military, uh, military personnel, or you're just interested in plain old self-defense, you obviously want to be sure that, God forbid, you have to engage with a firearm that you can hit what you're shooting at, okay? In the Secret Service, we had this line, you're responsible for every round. You're shooting near the president. You can't just haphazardly start spraying and praying. That's not what we did over there. Trigger control, sight alignment on both sides, the proper grip, all of this stuff is important. And let's be honest, folks, it's really, really hard to get to the range all the time. We all live busy lives. I have no time at all. I Really, I have no time at all to get to the range lately. The great part about the iTarget Pro system, that's a letter I, iTarget Pro system, is you can practice in your own house. My father loves this thing, by the way. This is like the greatest <laughs> video game ever to work on your marksmanship. What is the iTarget Pro system? It is a laser bullet that you're going to drop in a firearm you have now. You don't have to do any modifications. You have a 38, 357, 9mm, 40 cal, 45. They will send you a bullet you drop in the chamber after you safely unload, of course. Check it. Check it twice. Check it three times. Look at it. Listen to it. Feel it. Do whatever you got to do to make sure it's unloaded. You drop that round in the chamber. The, uh, the uh, laser bullet round. It has a rubber stopper. It's not going to damage your gun or anything like that. When you pull the trigger in a dry fire, because it's obviously not a live round, it's going to emit a laser onto a target they send you. You're going to see exactly where that round would have went. You will never put this thing down. I've got people sending me their groups on Monday and their groups on Friday. When I say groups, I mean what they're, what if they say they shoot 50 rounds from the laser bullet. Groupings mean where those rounds go. They look like a basketball. They're big. By Friday, they look like a golf ball. <laughs> Folks, this is the best system out there for perfecting your marksmanship. You have, if you, God forbid you ever have to engage, marksmanship is going to be everything. Go to itargetpro.com. That's the letter I, itargetpro.com. Use promo code Dan, D-A-N. You'll get 10% off. Pick it up today. You're going to love it. The reviews on this product are absolutely spectacular. They're selling like hotcakes, and there's good reason because it works, and it works well. Remember, competitive shooters dry fire 10 times more than they live fire. You know why? It works. itargetpro.com, promo code Dan. All right. There was a, and forgive me for not getting to this sooner, but now we're moving on. The point number one I was trying to make is there is a soft coup here ongoing. Whether the Democrats are wittingly or unwittingly part of it, I'd be candid with you folks. I don't know. But this I do know. They are unquestionably a part of it based on the reporting of their own mainstream media allies. We have Democrat congressmen, Democrat senators reaching out to Russians or fake Russians seeking information on the president of the United States. That is indisputable. We also know now we have intelligence community assets who paid $100,000 for compromising information on Trump, Joe, who apparently were connected to the source of the information, the Russian source, to an intermediary. While, by the way, at the same time, the New York Times is reporting that a Clintonista named Cody Shear is running around Eastern Europe trying to get the same information. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy how that happens. I'm telling you, the ringmaster of this entire operation to take down Trump has been Brennan over at the CIA. Now, there was a damning interview he gave on the 4th of February on Meet the Press with Chuck Todd. Forgive me. I could not get to it at the time because there was so much more breaking news about this devastating case. What's amazing about this, and I have some highlights of this, show, Okay. 
is Clapper and Brennan both. Jim Clapper, who, who we've been, if, if you've missed the episodes on Clapper, gosh, you've missed a lot. You have to go back and listen. Clapper, who was the head of the, the director of national, he was the director of national intelligence. Jim Clapper under the Obama administration knew everything that was going on, the spying operation against Trump. He claims now he didn't, but his statements are contradictory in every way. Mm-hmm. John Brennan was the director of the CIA under Barack Obama. And according to people on the inside of the CIA who have reported, who, by the way, are named on the record. These aren't anonymous sources. They've said Brennan was the most political actor they'd ever seen as the CIA director. There's so much in his interview with Chuck Todd. I didn't even know where to begin. So I had to line it out first and fascinating enough. Let me just tell you the overall again, 30,000 foot. Again, the first part, 30,000 foot with this, this operation, folks, is still going on. The Russians are trying to basically overthrow, overthrow our political system and cause complete chaos. And Democrats are suckers. Part number two, Clapper is in a world, excuse me, John Brennan is in a world of trouble. I believe he's been the puppet master engineering a lot of this. And now Brennan Joe knows he's been caught Mm -hmm. and he's all of a sudden starting to shift the blame to the FBI now. Mm -hmm. Here's what I mean by this. They asked Brennan about his role in the uh, what he knew about the dossier. And in May of 2017, he gave sworn testimony up on the Hill where in that testimony, he claims that, oh, you know what? We didn't know much about the dossier. I only found out about it in December, mm-hmm. which is nonsense. That's total nonsense. Now, here's how I know that's nonsense. He's saying December of 2016, he found out about the dossier. Okay. John Brennan, in a highly unusual move, folks, Goes up to Capitol Hill. This is the CIA director to brief Democrat senator at the time, Harry Reid, in August of 2016. Keep in mind, Brennan says he only heard about the dossier in December. He briefs Harry Reid in August of of, uh, 2016, Joe, months earlier. This is fascinating. Just days later, Harry Reid fires a memo off to the FBI demanding that the FBI start looking into the Trump team. And what does he cite? He cites information only found in the dossier. Mm. Folks, how the hell do you think that information got to Harry Reid? Do you think it's a coincidence that the director of the CIA went up to Capitol Hill with deeply classified information? By the way, that was a hoax (laughs) information coming in from the dossier, the Carter Page information, which was false. The infra, although he doesn't mention Carter Page by name, Joe, the Harry Reid letter is clearly talking about Carter Page's meeting with these influential Russians in Russia, which never happened. It was a hoax. Folks, even more disturbing. Was John Brennan the one who okayed the insertion of the dossier information in the presidential daily brief. What did Obama know and when did he know it? If this information got in the presidential daily brief, a hoax, a hoax, if hoax information fed to Christopher Steele through two sources, Russians and Democrat operatives Cody Shear and Sid Blumenthal, who fed the information through the State Department back to the FBI and through Christopher Steele, how the hell did fake hoax information make it onto the president of the United States' desk in a presidential daily brief? And it explains everything, by the way, about Devin Nunez's interest in going to the White House back in March of 2017. Folks, it's going to get a little confusing, so please follow me here. Yeah. Devin Nunez, the, the Republican who was leading the uh, the, uh, the intelligence oversight of all of this stuff that happened. Okay. The FISA application, he's the one, uh, the primary author with Trey Gowdy of the Nunez memo, the damning memo. He does something very interesting in March of 2017, Joe, right after Trump's director of national intelligence, Dan Coats, is confirmed. Mm-hmm. Nunez goes over to the White House complex to see information about this entire spying scandal. Okay. And what's fascinating is he gives a press conference afterwards so disturbed by it, and he says a lot of it had nothing to do with Russians. This is deeply disturbing. Why did he have to go over to the White House, Joe? He went over to the Well, I'm asking you a question you can't possibly know the answer mm-hmm. to, him because I already know, and I'm setting you up a little bit. I'm sorry, but 
He goes over the White House, folks, because you have to understand how skiffs and sensitive compartmented information works. There is information, Joe, kept only in certain spots. It is not connected to the open Internet. They can't email it. They can't access it through the Internet. The information is kept essentially in what you would call like a computer file cabinet. You either go to that damn file cabinet or you don't see it. You tracking me, Joe? Yeah, it's a skiff center. You're... It's a, yes. Okay. So yeah. exactly. Why did Nunez have to go to the White House in March to review this information he thought was so disturbing? May I suggest to you that because it was information that was in the president's brief or some form of a brief to the president that was only kept in skiffs or sensitive uh, compartmented facilities at the White House, meaning it was not not supposed to be shared elsewhere. Right, right. Why am I asking you that question? Yeah. Because who got the information to the White House? Who did it? Who took a hoax dossier with information provided by the Russians and Clinton operatives? Who took that information and moved it into a presidential daily brief? The evidence is getting overwhelming at this point that that person was John Brennan. Or at a minimum, he had a significant role in it. Now, it's fascinating because Brennan's claiming he didn't even learn about the dossier of December, but he briefs Harry Reid, who includes Doss in August, yeah. the August before December, obviously not after, who then fires a letter off to the FBI demanding an investigation and includes information from the dossier. Folks, I, I mean, what the hell is going on here? What is going on? We, uh, it is clear as day. Our own intelligence, our own intelligence agencies, the CIA, the NSA, the FBI, there are operators in there who were corrupted enough to engage in a massive spying operation against a United States citizen who happened to be running for president. John Brennan cannot get his story straight. He's saying he learned about it in December. But he briefed Reed in August. Mm -hmm. Reed then demands an investigation from the FBI. Now, here's where the Lee Smith tablet mag piece comes in, which I'm begging you to read. Smith is Smith does a, a really comprehensive job, Joe, on explaining the motivations for John Brennan to go and push the FBI for a counterintelligence investigation against Trump. Ladies and gentlemen, remember the mechanics here. The Central Intelligence Agency cannot investigate a U.S. citizen on U.S. soil for violations of U.S. law. That is, they are analysts. They are not law enforcement. I, I don't care what you've seen in TV with Jason Bourne or whatever in the movies. I know a lot of you know this. I'm not in any way trying to talk no, down to anyone. A lot of us don't. A lot of us don't know Some that. Some don't. Yeah. The Central Intelligence Agency is in no way a law enforcement entity. None. Okay. Let me just be clear on this, show. The analytical side, the people who analyze intelligence information, mm -hmm. and the law enforcement side, there's not a wall between them, but there's definitely a mechanical difference between how those operate. The Central Intelligence Agency cannot arrest anyone. They have zero law enforcement powers at all. Somebody had to push the FBI to start an investigation against Donald Trump and his team. Why? Because they were U.S. citizens. You cannot start a counterintelligence or criminal investigation against a U.S. citizen without FBI involvement. Who did that? We've been told 20 different stories. Papadopoulos started it with the downer thing with the, in the London bar. Which, by the way, I got this. That is, I got to get to that in a second. I'll take a check mark there. We've been told that it all started with Carter Page and his trip to Moscow for his meeting with these Russian oligarchs. that never happened. We know he took a trip to Moscow. The meetings never happened, folks. We've been told a thousand stories. Is Brennan the puppet master here? I think so.
Brennan clearly has access to this information. He's the CIA director, but they need an investigative arm. They need someone with handcuffs. The CIA doesn't have handcuffs. Smith does a great job piecing together the puzzles and statements by Brennan. Where now, let me give you some, I just want to tell you, read the piece. I'm going to give you what's in it too. So read the piece as a supplement. In conjunction with the Paul Sperry piece I have from Real Clear Investigations, you'll see clear as day here that it was John Brennan who was poking the FBI to do this. And now that Brennan is starting to be outed as the puppet master, what is he doing? He's blaming the FBI. Let me show you. Let me read something to you. Okay, here we go. This is from Brennan's interview on February 4th. uh, What is that, a, a week ago or so? Mm. with Meet the Press and Chuck Todd. He's talking about the dossier, Chuck Todd. Here's the question. How did you treat it? You said you looked at it in December, which we know now is a lie. It was obviously looked at by the FBI. We've now learned that they've tried to confirm some of it and had some success. Some not yet. They don't say it's, they don't, they say it's unconfirmed, but that's about it. That's Todd's question. Now listen to, I'm going to read to you Brennan's answer. Listen now because I'm telling you he was the one poking the FBI for this to get involved in this investigation, despite the fact that it's based on a hoax. Listen to him now, this 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 weasel try to turn around and blame the FBI. I'm not absolving them of their role, but listen to how he answers this. Well, there were things in that dossier that made me wonder whether or not, in fact, they were accurate or true. And I do not think it was it was up. Uh, excuse me. And I do think it was up to the FBI to see whether or not they could verify any of it. I think Jim Comey has said it contains salacious and unverified information. Just because it was unverified didn't mean it wasn't true. And if the Russians were involved in something like that, directed against individuals who are spying to the highest office in the land, there was an obligation on the part of the FBI to seek out the truth in it. I want an answer from John Brennan right now. Did you push Jim Comey and the FBI to investigate a United States citizen because you had no ability to put handcuffs on anyone? Did you or did you not? You notice how he so diplomatically answers that question, Joe? Yeah. Oh, it was the FBI and Jim Comey had an obligation. Mm -hmm. No, you had an obligation first to determine if the sources. Remember, I said to you a week ago, what is Brennan's role in this? The CIA has an absolutely critical role in the verification of foreign sources and foreign assets. I said to you a week ago, the the next shoe to drop on this is going to be what was John Brennan and the CIA's role in authenticating the information from Christopher Steele or verifying their source. And in turn, verifying the sources of Christopher Steele's information, because we know Steele was the purveyor of the information, not the source. What was the CIA's role, folks? They are our overseas intelligence gathering apparatus. What was the role? Brennan now understands that question is going to nail him to the wall. And what is he saying now? Oh, it was up to the FBI to verify it. Here comes the bus. You're darn right. He's got, and he's throwing him right in front of it. Mm-hmm. And isn't it awfully convenient, Joe? So remember, Brennan needs an out now. Yeah. Oh, we had this foreign intel. The CIA does foreign intel. Did you verify it? No, no, it was the FBI's job. <laughs> well, and conveniently, Joe, the FBI had worked with Christopher Steele before. Damn. You see where I'm? Wait, do you see where I'm going yes, with that? I what do. I just said is very important. Yeah, yeah. That he worked. Yes, that he worked with. Brennan yeah. knows he's got to get the FBI involved. Mm-hmm. Brennan knows the CIA has a role in authenticating foreign intelligence streams and assets. Mm-hmm. Brennan also knows in order to get the FBI involved, he has to sucker Comey. Mm-hmm. I'm not telling you Comey's an entirely unwitting participant in this. But what do they do? Fusion GPS then hires a guy, conveniently, Christopher Steele, to go get information from Russians and Clinton operatives who Joe conveniently's worked with the FBI yeah. before. So Brennan could say, hey, look who we got, there Christopher Steele. Go. Your old buddy, your old pal. Yep. Nice job, fellas. Now, Brennan, this weasel, has plausible deniability because mm-hmm. now he goes back and says, hey, look, it was the FBI's job to verify this guy. You sure about that? You sure, buddy? Another fascinating thing about this interview, by the way, I I have the transcript of the entire interview, which I strongly encourage you to read from NBCNews.com. It's in the links today at the show notes at Bongino.com. Read the transcript. It's not long. Just go to the Brennan part. It's towards the end. 
It's, it's not hard to find. I'm reading it from uh, now from it. Hold on. Even more. this Joe, this thing was a wealth of information. Even more damning. Chuck Todd, in a surprising moment of journalistic, uh, you know, inquisitiveness, which seems to be gone, this entire spying scandal. Remember what I told you from the beginning. One of the biggest parts of the scandal, the setup, the framing of Donald Trump was the illicit operation to spy on him before they went the legal route. Mm -hmm. They tried the legal route at the FISA court. They were denied repeatedly. They only got a FISA court warrant in August. They've been spying on him the whole time. I've cited to you the CNN and the Guardian reporting on the GCHQ, British intelligence operation, sending information on the Trump team to U.S. Intel. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm just passing on to you left-wing reporting about a British spying operation on Donald Trump. Why was the CNN and the Guardian doing it at the time? Because at the time, Joe, Mm -hmm. they were trying to reinforce the Russian collusion narrative. CNN and The Guardian at the time, because you may say, here's a question I get a lot. And and, and I thought I explained it, but I may not have explained it thoroughly enough and, and been precise enough. A fair question is, Dan, you've been damning the media the whole time. Yeah. But you're using left wing media sources to back up claims you're making. Okay. Fair. Yes. Yeah. Folks, what I'm trying to tell you now, and Joe, if I'm not clear on this, let me know. What I'm trying to tell you is at the time, CNN and The Guardian were not defending Donald Trump and trying to claim, look, the Obama team was spying on Trump. They were putting these reports in April in their stories about the British spying on Trump to buttress and reinforce the narrative that Trump had colluded with the Russians. And it was so serious, even the British knew. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. You get yeah, Does that sure. make sense? Uh-huh. Just read the links. Read the links that are in the Obamagate files up at my website. It's called the Obamagate file. If you go to Bongino.com, read the links I have in that it says on the uh, United Kingdom connection. Mm-hmm. Read the links. You can see in the piece they're trying to buttress the claim that Trump was so guilty of Russian collusion, even the Brits were involved. The problem is the Russian collusion never happened. So now what are you left with? You're left holding your... Mm-hmm. Because now you've been claiming in your CNN reports and Guardian reports that the collusion was so serious that the British were spying on Trump, but there was no collusion. And you still reported the British were spying on Trump. Why? <laughs> why would they do that? <laughs> well, why would you do that? <laughs> I, yeah. they, they, they can't retract the stories. So now this is why I use left-wing reporting. Because they, there's nothing, there's nowhere for them to run. Either you played a role in the Obamagate spying scandal and outed it by reporting on the British spying on Trump, or you didn't. Or retract the story. Right. They can't retract the story because it's true. Now, why did I have to set you up with that? I was not off on a tangent. I was doing that on purpose. Because this Chuck Todd, John Brennan, former CIA director under Obama interview, is damning. There's a cornucopia of information in here. I can't even, I'd have to do 10 shows on it. I'm just giving you the really damning parts. Folks, John Brennan, if you're listening, please seriously stay off the air and get yourself a lawyer ASAP. You are an idiot for going on the air. Here's a question from Chuck Todd. Remember, this is about the the spying operation on Trump led by overseas intelligence agencies. Chuck Todd, is the Papadopoulos thing, uh, is the Papadopoulos thing come through the CIA via the Five Eyes thing? Five Eyes are the uh, intelligence sharing uh, agreements between New Zealand, Australia, UK, United States and Canada. Is the Papadopoulos thing come through the CIA via the Five Eyes thing? That's a typo. It's probably did the Papadopoulos thing. That would have been a piece of information that gets to the FBI. Is that how it works? Listen to Brennan's answer. They're talking about the information exchange between foreign intel on Donald Trump before a warrant. Brennan goes, now, I'm not going to get into details about how it was acquired. Oh, that's a shocker. Mm. But he goes on in an episode of verbal diarrhea that is damning. But the FBI has very close relationships with its British counterparts. And so notice one, how he blames the FBI again, Joe. 
No, did you see what he's doing mm-hmm. here? Mm-hmm. Again, because he pushed the FBI into this and now he needs to back out mm-hmm. like the snake he is. But the FBI has very close relationships with their British counterparts. And so the FBI had visibility into a number of things that were going on involving some individuals who may have had some affiliation with the Trump campaign. Notice all the mays yes, and do. might haves, yeah. right? And so the intelligence that we collected was pulsed against that. And I thought it would have been derelict if the FBI did not pull the threads, investigative threads, on American persons who may have been involved with Russia and working on their behalf, either wittingly or unwittingly. Did you catch something in the beginning there? Because as Lee Smith, hat tip here, points out in a tablet mag mag piece, genius catch. He says he throws the British under the bus. But I thought the information started when an Australian diplomat met up with Papadopoulos in a London bar. Wait, that's what you said, right? That's what the New York Times reported. Right, Joe? The New York Mm -hmm. Times put out a piece in December of 2017, about three months ago now, stating that the Australian diplomat, Alexander Downer, Mm -hmm. who we know has a relationship with the Clintons, met with Papadopoulos in a London bar. And in that London bar, Papadopoulos told him the Russians had had dirt on Hillary. And the Australian diplomat passed the information to uh, American intelligence officials. CIA had to be part of that. But Brennan says they got it from the British, that the FBI has very close relationships with the British counterparts when asked about the Five Eyes relationship, of which Australia is part of it. Downer's an Australian. How'd the information get from the Australian or the British? Does Brennan understand the liability he's taken on here? Does Brennan under... John, JB, get off the news. Get off the news. Get a lawyer and get a lawyer quick. How did the information... Joe, do you see where I'm going with this? Oh, yeah. How did the information get from an Australian government official to American intelligence officials if Brennan's saying now that the FBI's relationship was with the British counterparts when asked about, quote, the Papadopoulos thing? The Papadopoulos thing was passed to an Australian, not the British. Why does he slip and say the British had a relationship with the FBI? Well, it's not fair for me to ask the question and not give you an idea of what I think is going on here, folks. Folks, that Five Eyes relationship is between the countries I told you, and the Australians are in that relationship. Is it possible? Sorry, shuffling some papers here. Is it possible that the spying operation, the setup of Donald Trump, and the framing of Donald Trump is more extensive than we even thought? Is it possible that other foreign entities outside of the British GCHQ were also spying on the Trump team? And if, by the way, there is some media reporting about Dutch counterparts as well having some information out there that's out there. Credible reporting. It's not kook stuff. Were the Australians involved in this too? Do you see why, Joe, I woke up today thinking... I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. What what's going on here, folks? Right. Do you see now why Brennan is panicking? Do you see now why Brennan, who, to be clear, what I'm, what I'm, what I believe may have happened here, folks? I'm not so sure the Five Eyes participants in the intelligence sharing operation. The Australians, the UK, all of these people involved in, 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 a, in a larger, more robust intelligence sharing operation we have with the rest of the world. I don't think they started this on their own. I've been telling you from the beginning, Trump was set up. He was framed. A lot of people are starting to go down that road now. I'm wondering who initiated the exchange of information. In other words, did American intelligence officials in the CIA, John Brennan included, reach out to foreign intelligence officials and say, we need information on Donald Trump? Or did foreign intelligence officials reach out to Brennan and say, hey, we have information on Trump. I've said this over and over. The direction matters, Joe. 
The order matters in this. Who reached out to who? Because if Brennan or someone in the CIA with the full knowledge of the Obama administration, the Obama team, reached out to a foreign official to spy on an American circumventing U.S. law, holy Moses, do we have a serious constitutional crisis right now. Because the way it's being framed, Joe, by Brennan and others, no pun intended, Mm -hmm. is that, oh, this information was so troubling that the British, the Dutch, they reached out to us with it. Are you sure about that? Are you really sure about that? Now, I got something else here. Saving you. Oh, here we go. This is from the, uh, sorry, folks. I'm just, I'm reading as we go along. This is from the tablet mag piece by Lee Smith. He says, and he's, he's talking about the British line. He says, British counterparts, the Times report based on interviews with former and current U.S. and foreign officials had claimed that the Australians passed on the tip. Did the Times get that part of the story wrong? Perhaps Downer, Australia's far, uh, f- uh, former foreign minister, had told the British police who passed it to the FBI, or maybe Brennan misspoke or misremembered. Again, it's likely Brennan told the truth, and the British were spying on him the whole time. Now, from the tablet mag piece, I think this is important too, folks. You're talking about a reporter from The Guardian by the name of Harding, last name Harding, who had already written about the GCHQ, the British spying on Trump. He says, citing U.S. and U.K. intelligence sources, Harding, the reporter, wrote, GCHQ played an early prominent role in kickstarting the FBI's Trump-Russia investigation, which began in late 2016. Order matters. Are you sure the GCHQ kickstarted it, or did we kick the GCAQ, uh, GCHQ in the ass and then get them to kickstart it? Joe, do you understand why that question is absolutely critical? Yes, I do. The order does Did matter. the Central yeah. Intelligence Agency, at the direction of John Brennan, prod a foreign intelligence asset right. to spy on a U.S. citizen who was running for president? I go on. Another quote, because this is a great piece. Again, Lee Smith from Tablet Mag. According to one account, reported Harding. This is, this is a left-wing reporter, by the way, for The Guardian. GCHQ's then head, Robert Hannigan... Remember the names. Past material in summer of 2016 to the CIA chief, John Brennan. The matter was deemed so sensitive it was handled at, quote, the director level. After an initially slow start, Brennan used GCHQ information and intelligence from other partners Mm. to launch a major interagency investigation. What the hell is going on? Gosh, Dan, this is just just gets deeper and deeper and deeper. We're like, uh, we're down to Dante's uh, what seven thousandth layer of hell or something. <laughs> I mean, I, folks, uh, I'm citing to you a left wing report from the Guardian about the CIA director using foreign intelligence on Donald Trump from the British and from other partners. Who the hell are they? To launch a major interagency investigation against Donald Trump? Remember the names? Robert Hannigan, sound familiar to you regular listeners? Mm-hmm. Oh, he's the GCHQ head, the British NSA, who abruptly resigns right after Donald Trump is elected. Nothing to see there, folks. Pay no attention. Look, shiny red ball. Or as I said to Lanny Davis, red squirrel, even better. That's like look squirrel and red ball. It's even worse. Folks, now does it make sense why I have repeatedly said to you when discussing the Papadopoulos Alexander Downer, who is an Australian diplomat meeting, Papadopoulos, backbencher in the Trump campaign, meets with Downer in a London bar. The New York Times has reported that this is what starts the investigation. Why is an Australian diplomat meeting with a backbencher in the Trump campaign in a London bar? Let me quote the Harding's piece again at The Guardian. Brennan used GCHQ information and intelligence from other partners to launch a major interagency investigation. Who were those other partners? Were the Australians involved in this too? And who, order matters, who asked the British and the Australians and the Dutch to get information on a U.S. citizen by the name of Donald Trump and his team? The guy was framed. He was set up the whole time. 
Folks, I got some more here I want to get to, but uh, quickly. It's getting really cold out there for some of you. It may warm it up a little bit in Florida, but it's cold everywhere else. People spend a lot of time indoors. You know, Dallas was 11 degrees. New York, it was 9 degrees. I was up there for that. Super Bowl was uh, minus 5, I think, at one point. Winter's in full swing, and your HVAC system's working overtime. You got to take care of that system. They're very expensive. If you aren't properly maintaining your air filters, you're not only breathing unhealthy air, you might find yourself with no heat and thousands in repairs like I did. My system broke down. It was a real pain in the butt. Now there's a better way with FilterBuy.com. FilterBuy.com, America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. You got a small business with 100 filters? These are your guys. You got a house with two or three? These are your guys. FilterBuy.com carries over 600 different sizes, including custom options, all shipped free. Within 24 hours plus, I love this about them. They're manufactured right here in America, providing American jobs. FilterBuy offers a multitude of MERV options all the way up to hospital grade. That's some pretty darn clean air there. So you'll be removing dangerous pollen, mold, dust, and allergy-aggravating pollution while maximizing the efficiency of your HVAC system. It's probably save you some energy, too. Right now, you can save 5% when you set up auto delivery. You'll never need to think about air filters again. That's the way to do it. You need them once a year, once a month, set up the auto delivery. You'll save 5%. Save money, save time, breathe better, folks, with filterby.com. That's filterby.com, filterby.com. And a sincere thanks to all our sponsors. You, they keep the show free for you all. Folks, the downer meeting in the London bar, I'm starting to seriously question if that was a coincidence meeting in that London bar. It is now patently obvious that there is a spying operation, an entrapment operation, framing operation going on against Donald Trump way Donald Trump way before and his team, way before the formal filing in front of the FISA court. Just to rewind a bit, Brennan has no plausible deniability in this. Brennan's CIA would have some role in authenticating foreign intel and a foreign asset. Brennan is now running by trying to blame the FBI when I'm telling you I think it's Brennan who actually prodded the FBI based on the timeline. He approaches Harry Reid with information in the dossier. Harry Reid then prods the FBI to start an investigation, including information in the dossier, which he gets from Brennan. I'm also telling you in the beginning, this operation is ongoing, folks. This is frightening stuff. There are Russians out there that this is just due to mainstream media reporting who are still approaching people in the U.S. government and we're giving them money to take down Donald Trump. We have a senator involved in a text exchange. We have a representative, all with oversight capabilities over our intelligence community, involved in a prank call to get compromised on Trump. What's going on? Now, folks, the Democrats are running for the hills. I'm going to wrap this up today with this. They're releasing their memo soon. Now, the Wall Street Journal is reporting some sources who have seen the Democrat memo. And apparently the Democrat memo has three three themes. I can quickly go through this all easily debunked, okay? Mm -hmm. The first theme of the Democrat memo, Joe, is going to be to argue for the credibility of Christopher Steele. Folks, I told you if you listen to last week's show, it doesn't matter. Christopher Steele's not the source of the information. As Andy McCarthy, a, a very talented lawyer, points out in National Review, you can be Mother Teresa. If it's not your information and you're reporting on the information of others, it's their credibility, not yours, not Mother Teresa's. There is no vicarious credibility. So the Democrats memo for your liberal friends that that reports on the authenticity and the veracity and the and the genuineness of Christopher Steele is completely 100 percent irrelevant because it's not Steele's information. It's the Russians information and Clinton operatives like Blumenthal. Boom. One point number two, they try to make in there. First argues, let's see. The second is that the FBI had a good reason to surveil Mr. Carter Page. Really? Carter Page is now the boogeyman? Why is Carter Page a free man? If Carter Page is the boogeyman, why did the FBI use him as an informant in 2013 to arrest Russian spies? What is it? Is he trustworthy enough to use as an informant? Or is he not, and now he is the Russian spy? Why is he free right now if, if uh, the FBI had good reason to surveil Carter Page? Where was the probable cause? Boom two. Boom number three, which is just utterly ridiculous, is that the GOP memo is partisan. By the way, that statement is, part, uh, is tautological. That's like saying young people are our future. The GOP, the GOP memo is partisan. <laughs> of course, it's the GOP memo. <laughs> what do I argue about that? Notice, Joe, they don't argue the facts. They just argue that it's partisan. Oh, yeah. That's like me saying, forget the Democrat memo. It's done by Democrats. 
That's a, That third point is so dumb, there's nothing to address. Because the statement's tautological. It makes no sense on its face. You don't discredit the credibility of a document by saying who it came from. You discredit the facts within it. That's just dumb. Yeah. So get ready for those. Things. All right. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I know I'm, I'm running late, but one final story here because it's going to be important. They're going to announce, I, I, I do want to get to just some other stuff, but this is going to be fast. But I have a great article by the Daily Signal today in the show notes. I encourage you to read. They're going to announce an infrastructure plan today. Folks, I am very skeptical of infrastructure plans. Okay. Infrastructure is a local issue. It is not a federal government issue. Um, I have some real issues with this. Your liberal friends keep telling you our infrastructure is crumbling. The Daily Signal has some great statistics in there. They're going to show you, Joe, that that, in fact, is not accurate. We have infrastructure problems like everywhere else in the world. Let me give you some quick numbers, Joe. Our bridges. Mm -hmm. The number of bridges declared structurally deficient has declared by uh, has been, uh, excuse me, declined by half over the last 25 years. That doesn't sound like we're in a situation that's crumbling. It sounds like a situation that's getting better. Mm -hmm. Same for our roads. 93% were rated fair or better. That doesn't sound like an infrastructure that's crumbling. Why am I bringing this up, folks? I'm just asking you to analyze this in the light of the facts, not in the hyperbolic statements. It's crumbling because when they say crumbling, the Democrats do that on purpose. It's focus group tested wording designed to get you to spend additional taxpayer money on what should be local projects. I live in Palm City, Florida. I don't want money from Texas to build a road in Palm City, Florida. This should not be a federal initiative. I'm sorry. Our infrastructure is not crumbling. Your questions to your liberal friendship, if it's crumbling, why are the number of bridges structurally deficient going down? By half, as a matter of fact. And why are the number of roads 93% fair or better? That doesn't sound like crumbling. Let's be realistic. Let's analyze on the facts, not on emotion. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. Please go to my website. Please read the show notes today or subscribe to the email list. They are critical pieces of information. We'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.